Hey, hey, hey. This is Diva Gordon with DEU coming to you live from Soul Radio. This is the Diva Show. All right. I'm waiting for our Facebook people to join us as well. Let me fix my camera a little bit. Bringing some new stuff to y'all today. A little bit of old stuff. A little bit of new stuff. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Here we go. Technical difficulties. These technical difficulties. This is Diva Gordon from DEU. Yes, yes, yes. This is Diva Gordon from DEU. I am coming to you on Sador Radio with the Diva Show. Listen, I got some stuff for y'all. I have some things to recap from the last show. And I have some new things to bring you for today's show. So if you're not familiar and you don't know, this is the Diva Show. And we're on every second and fourth Thursday of the month from 12 noon until 2 p.m. For those of you that are listening through the radio, I do apologize. I really do not know where the feedback is coming from. But I want to say to all of my YouTube and all of my Facebook, thank you, as I always say, for your commitment and consistency for tuning in with The Diva Show. So it's a couple of new things I want to talk about, but I wanted to piggyback on some things that I talked about last week. But one of the new things I'm going to talk about is I got my new specs. I haven't been wearing my glasses for a while, what have you, but I do have my new specs. You know, getting older, got to do some things different. So welcome my new specs to the show. And I might wear them the whole show and I might not. But at any rate, I just want to say welcome, welcome back to the Diva Show where I talk about entertainment, I talk about inspiration and everything in between. Um, when I talk about the industry, I talk about everything from A to Z. And with my last show, I talked about, uh, my last show I was talking about what you should do, what you shouldn't do as far as um, an actor in the industry, what directors look for in the industry. I talked about that as well. And I do apologize to my YouTube people. Um, I'm going to stay this way. That way I'm focused here and I'm focused here. Um, but today I'm going to talk about quite a few things. I'm going to go into talking about union and non-union. Um, I am going to talk about <clears throat> how that works, how it can work for you, um, how some projects are carved into union and non-union, um, how it works as far as union and non-union for theater as well, because I, I'm i I'm union when it comes to what I do, but I'm going to say I am union, but I do hire non-union as well. So don't think that you have to be union in order to be a part of a DE project, because I do both, and it creates eligibility for you to become union. So keep that in mind um, at all times. But we're going to get into some stuff today. Like, 
Listen, uh, my last show, we were just coming off of the cuff of a lot that was going on in the United States as far as um, the federal government, the Capitol, and so forth and so on. And I didn't want to touch on it and I didn't want to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it today. But what I am going to talk about is paying attention. And what what I mean by paying attention is we did a lot as far as expressing our voice, well, opening our voice, um, getting out and uh, participating in the election. I got to take these off because it's giving me a reflection that I like. So at any rate, we did a lot. We did a lot. We showed up in numbers and we went out and we voted. And I'm just talking about current events real quick before I get into industry. Hope you don't mind. We showed up in numbers. We went out and voted. And a lot of people based, not a lot of people, but I'm going to say, here's that feedback. Some people um, based um, their vote on anticipation of change. I'm disappointed. I don't know if you are, but I'm disappointed. And I'm going to say I'm disappointed because we have people that are being evicted. And I'm I'm briefly going to talk about this because I could talk about this forever. But we have people that are being evicted from their homes, people that are starving, children that are in difficult situations and what we were promised during this administration change is that a lot of things were going to change like a lot of people still haven't received the stimulus they're still arguing about a second the remainder of the second stimulus the third stimulus and they tell you you got to file taxes in order to get a stimulus so i just wanted to touch on it briefly just because you know it's it's difficult. It's just difficult living living in America because you you know it's like you're always sold a dream. And I'm just gonna say that. So we're talking about the the new administration is really not doing too much of anything different that was being done last administration, as far as a stimulus and getting people help and assistance and things like that. So talking about living a dream, yes, we're going to tie it into, we're going to talk about the dream that many people have when they decide to get into the industry, because that's what my show is about. Um, As far as my last show, I talked about what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Some of the things that you should do as far as your education, as far as your um, acting is concerned. And a lot of people think that they're not chosen um, because they didn't read lines right or so forth and so on. Sometimes that could be it. But there are other times that you just don't have the look, right? The look of the character when a writer is writing their story or expressing their story, they generally have a look that they're looking for, for this character to have. And it's not always just about what you did when you came into the room, but I'm going to expand on some things. And that's why I'm backtracking because I also talked about 
<clears throat> when you submit a reel to a casting director or to a director, when you submit a reel, they already have an opportunity to view your capabilities. They already have an opportunity to see what you can do. And if they reach out to you to set up an, an, an appointment for you to come and actually audition, then understand that they are already interested and you need to knock that out the box. What's going on, Heezy? What's up, Hez Green? Hope all is well. Sending all prayers that you, your family are safe in this, this difficult time that we're having. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to reiterate, when you send out a, um, a reel to a casting director and you send it out to um, a director and they review it and they reach out to you, that means they're already interested. That means you need to come with your A game. That means that you need to record yourself, get somebody to record you and go over your lines of what you're trying to do in your audition. And when you keep going over your lines of what you're trying to do in your audition, it'll help you to review it, look at it again, critique it yourself and actually fix what you can fix before it actually gets to the casting director. Because once you get in front of them, like you got to knock it out the box. So I'm saying all of that to say, um, because I'm going to go in, like I said, union, non-union. When you see a post that just tells you, oh, we having a casting call, show up. Just understand you're amongst many numbers. I talked about that before. You are amongst many numbers. And that audition is going to go like this. It's because like people are going to come in, the director's like, mm, don't have to look, mm, don't have to look. Okay, I'll look at this one for, I'll entertain this for a little bit longer. But just understand that you're amongst numbers. So if you do get that audition uh, based off of a reel, take it seriously, real seriously. When um, we're talking about union and non-union. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes when I post for auditions, I may post union, I may not post union. Um, <clears throat> not necessarily for any particular reason, but I will say that I hire union and I hire non-union actors. Um, I'm saying this to say, go for projects that interest you because you're going to give your 100. And when I say I hire union and I hire non-union is because I can see somebody that, for instance, and I'm going to break this down to you. When I break this down to you, you're going to be shocked um, of what I'm going to reveal to you today. Someone that came for a non-speaking role can wind up with a speaking role. It happens all the time. Those of you that know me and are familiar with my work, because I've, I've been posting my work because my platform is, is coming and I, I, keep, I keep promoting it, but I have not been able to actually give you all the information because I don't want to give you the information ahead of time. I want to make sure that everything is confirmed before I do so. So that's why I've been holding on to the actual announcement. Those of you that are listening to me on the radio, I do apologize. There's so much feedback, but it's out of my control. If you notice, I haven't touched anything or did anything. 
and I'm getting crazy feedback. So, um, <clears throat> when I say that extra can wind up with a speaking role, let me give you a prime example. I was doing um, my web series, which is going to be coming out soon. It's, it's so much that I have been working on that's coming out. But I was doing my web series. And when I was doing my web series, right? And I'm going to put them names out there. So I needed an extra. And um, I was working with Ty Birch at the time. And um, he was one of um, my lead cast members. And I said, well, do you know anybody that would be interested in, in working on this project right now? And he was like, oh, yeah, let me make some phone calls. So he made some phone calls. And lo and behold, and when I say this name, a lot of you are going to be like, whoa. So when he mentioned his name, he mentioned Tyson Martin. So Tyson came on the scene. It was a, a nonverbal role. It was just um, an extra role. I just needed extra people in this scene. It was a it was a drug scene. It was in a room. I just needed he, him to be a part of that scene in the room. So Tyson Martin came. So while we're shooting the scene, we're having a conversation. And first and foremost, how could I say? He's very in tune with what was going on on set. I'm like, all right. So he was very in tune. He was very active. Within the scene, he didn't just sit there as an extra. Um, he was very involved. So I was like, let me give him a couple of lines to do. Like, like, let's do this. Let's see where this goes. Because I saw his energy. So from that scene, I took him to the next scene where he had lines. Tyson has a very extensive background. I was unfamiliar with the fact that he had an extensive background in the, in acting already and training as well, but I was unfamiliar. So I'm just going to say to you all, you know, you may have an extensive background in training and, and things like that. And some of you will say, well, I'm not going to go for that role because that's an extra. I'm not no extra. I'm worth more than an extra, but you never know where being an extra will take you. So you don't turn down an opportunity to be an extra. You use that opportunity to push you to the next level if you can. So let me finish the story. So this was Phases of Life. And I took him into another scene that I had with Phases of Life. And y'all going to see Phases of Life. Trust me. Um, everything happens in, in due time, in decent and in order. And... Um, the next scene with the lines knocked it out the box. So I'm saying all of that to say that from the time I met Kyson, now I'm I'm giving you when I I I started with Kyson, Kyson was an extra. Okay. And he was an extra only because I was unfamiliar with him and I didn't know him. Got to know him. He from being an extra to having lines on Faces of Life to working on a full theater production to being 
and and I'm, I'm going to tag him in this because like it's so funny. But to be my assistant director in my current project of witness. So this is the reason why I say to y'all, do not turn down opportunities to be an extra because you never know where it leads you. So not only does he have IMD, IMD credits, DB credits for and being an actor, he also has it as an assistant director and he's also a co I'm sorry. He was assistant director on Have You Seen Her? He is my co-director on Witness as well as Philadelphia. Amazing with casting. So I don't mean to shout or what have you, but I'm just trying to let you all know, you know, some people feel as though they're too big to audition for a project or um, they feel as though they're not, they're above being an extra on a project, but you just never know where that's going to take you. So don't turn anything down. Make sure that you capitalize on every moment that you have. Make sure that you capitalize on your push. Um, nothing, and I'm just going to say this, nothing should really be beneath you when it comes to working on a film set. And what I say by that is I hold a boom, camera, lighting, because I'm learning about that skill set that's a part of filming. Knowledge is key. When you're writing as a writer, I see things, certain things. I have visions and I see certain things. So with me seeing certain things, <clears throat> If I'm very familiar with the, the lighting and I'm very familiar with sound, it helps with transition in scenes, the images that you want your audience to see, um, how you want to transition from one scene to another. Um, being behind the scenes is very important. For instance, brotherly love. I worked on Brotherly Love film set. And when I worked on Brotherly Love film set, I was in the arts department. And in the arts department, basically, we set up the scenes so that we we continue with the, how could I say this? Um, continuity stayed in place, which meant if a person took a sip of water and put that cup down, every time we retook that take, I had to make sure that that water was at the same level so that it it was continuous and it was consistent. You have to make sure that every time there's a retake, everything that was on the set that was in place is in place. For instance, if there's a pizza box that somebody picked up and they took a slice of pizza out, then you have to make sure that if they have to retake that scene, that you put that pizza or replenish that slice of pizza into that box so that that box is in the same exact spot so that when they go for that slice of pizza, that pizza is able to be picked up in in the same manner. So it's a lot that goes on when it talk, when it talks about film. Um, when we're talking about filming uh, on set, it's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. But I'm just saying, 
I'm trying to put it out there to people. We're talking about film and industry. I'm talking about keeping it 100, talking about keeping it real. You have to understand that every piece of the pie is important. And many of you want to be in front of the camera, but there is nothing wrong with being behind the camera until you can get in front of the camera. And it, it's it's the bottom line, you know. Um, not everybody starts off in front of the camera. You'd be surprised of some of the stories of many of the actors that are out here in the industry when they tell you how they got their start. Not everybody was a five-star Hollywood star when they first got started. Some people had to pay their dues. And what that means is maybe you're a personal assistant on set. But let's talk about that. Um, because I'm looking for a personal assistant. Uh, putting that out there. I'm looking for a personal assistant. I'm looking for an administrative assistant um, as well for witness. But I'm going to tell y'all that being a personal assistant in which, how can I say, I had, I held two jobs with um, brotherly love. I held two positions at the same doggone time. Um, I was in the arts department for brotherly love where I helped to set up the different sets, um, different scenes, not sets, different scenes. Um, and on Brotherly Love, I was not only in the arts department, but I was also a personal. I was also a personal assistant. Shout out to uh, Brian and uh, shout out Double O, Double O Seven. I listen, love you to death. Like he taught me so much. Shout out to Nakia Dillard, and I'm going to say shout out to Nakia Dillard uh, that actually got me on set of brotherly love um to to work in the arts department so being a personal assistant and i was with the arts department i learned a lot let me break it down to you because i was actually writing and uh cultivating have you seen her so me being a personal assistant with the arts department let me break it down I was Brian Cuba's um, personal assistant on the project and <clears throat> I did set dress and put things in place on set. And y'all have no idea what goes on. Like there's painting involved sometimes. Like y'all have no idea. <laughs> but outside of that, like taking furniture in, taking pictures before you start, taking furniture out, like going to different venues to purchase certain certain furniture and items that belong on set because you know at certain levels in indie you just go with the set that you see but when you're working on a project that somebody actually has a thought in mind outside of oh can i use your crib for this scene no when when that money gets up there they're like no i want this in the room that in the room this in the room that that, that. and i mean you still do it on an indie level a lower indie level but not as much. Um, but what I'm going to say, and I'm finishing up, 
I was Brian Cuba's personal assistant, but I also worked on Brotherly Love in the art department. And being his personal assistant, it was phone calls that needed to be made, um, cars that needed to be on set for specific actors. Um, how can I? It was just a lot of things that needed to be done that I had to make phone calls for. I had to bring bring certain people on set. Um, with all of that, I learned different things. I'm giving you all like the ins and outs. Some people just think, okay, you put up a camera and shoot, that's it. Like, no, um, it's a lot that goes into filming on the back end, especially for a director. But let me tie the two in. Um, and that's why when certain people respond to me certain ways as a director, when I'm working with them and I'm trying to bring in more projects and they're looking for, they want all of this, but they giving me this, like, no, like I, I've been through quite a bit. And if you're not going to respect my work and respect my time, then eh. anyway, so what, what I'm saying is being a personal assistant taught me certain things that I need to do as a director um, for my film project. For instance, um, of course, I had key access to contact certain people for different, you know, fancy cars and so forth and so on. However, you can work around that, but you know the concept of what you need to do as far as um, police cars, as far as using, and I, I'm going to say a mass transit. And I have to say it that way because I'm not going to be giving free advertisement to everybody. But when you need a mass transit um, company to transport one of your actors in a scene, not to transport them personally, but to transport them in a scene. So I know the avenues of who I need to contact with that. Um, when it comes to certain trains, and it's just a lot that you learn through being a personal assistant. Um, as far as like a lot of people that are in the industry, if I say craft services, they have no idea what I'm talking about. Like you have to learn certain certain things along the way. And um, you can learn those things, one, by being an extra, by two, um, being a personal assistant, by three, um, working in different departments. You can work in a clothing department um, on, on set and you can learn some things. That's how I met Miss Phenomenal, Phenomenal Miss Tiffany Green. I don't know if she's listening to the show, but Miss Tiffany Green, she worked on the set of Brotherly Love as well. And when I worked with her on set of Brotherly Love, she was in charge of wardrobe, making sure that everybody was dressed. Now, I'm going to say this to you. Some may say, oh, I'm not working on wardrobe and this, that, and the other. Listen, it's not just about putting clothes on somebody. Let me break that down to you. When it comes to wardrobe, you have to know the lead actor, what their temperature is, and what I mean by what their temperature is, usually the, the lead actors are color-coded, 
Yeah, I I just I listen, I want to share. I want to share because some people don't know. But when it comes to um lead actors, there are certain colors, they're color coded that goes along with them. There's certain things that would be in their wardrobe and certain things that would not be in their wardrobe. Um for instance, you know, I I, I am using brotherly love, but I'm just going to say it's certain outfits that they wanted people in. That's important. And it's important to have them changed in a certain period of time in order to keep the flow of the day. For instance, um, I'm going to say this. For instance, when I have a long day on set, this is my thing. Sometimes I may start at one location and then move to another location. I might have three or four locations in the same day. So if I got three or four locations in the same day, you may be trying to catch the sunlight or you may even be trying to shoot a night scene in the morning when, during sunrise. You know what I'm saying? Instead of trying to shoot it at night where you run into possibly having an issue with the public. So you might shoot a night scene at 4 a.m. because at 4 a.m. is pitch black outside just like it is at 8 o'clock at night. So I'm just giving y'all little tidbits and some things. But um, certain things are color-coded, certain things that you have to have on set. So for, for me, and that's what I was talking about, um, I would say for a typical day, say for instance, I'm shooting four, four scenes, three different locations. Well, you have to make sure that your actors are aware of the clothing change. You have to provide the space for the clothing change. You have to provide um, timing for transportation from the first scene to the next scene. And you have to kind of like, you really have to stick to that schedule. Um, once you stick to that schedule, like it may lead you into the evening and you have to make sure that certain scenes don't last too long. And you got to, that's why... I'm going piggyback on this. That's how, why you have to make sure when you cast that you cast people. And I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to say you cast people that find your projects just as important as what they do outside of your projects. And the reason why is because if you don't, because I ran into it, if you don't, you're going to have people that are wasting your time. When you do your auditions, you'll be able to figure that out. You'll have people that will waste your time. People that will either show up to set late, tell you that they was on another audition, um, say they forgot to be somewhere. But sometimes you're paying for a location that they're showing up late to. You don't lost sunlight. You don't lost the time frame because you know you got another scene to do that's after their scene that you have to get to it's a lot of things that are factored in a lot of things that are involved um <clears throat> that sometimes people don't take into account and they take for granted so i'm just i'm just putting it out there that me being a personal assistant and having to schedule certain things, like for instance, I mentioned um, the fancy cars that needed to be on set at a certain time, um, certain 
mass transit that need to be on set at a certain time in order for specific scenes to take place. All of those things are major and all of those things are important. So I'm saying that to reiterate the fact that there, there's not one job on set that's not important. All and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I share it. I share it for free. You know why? Because and, and shout out to you, um, Sharon. I appreciate you tuning in and your commitment and your consistency. I'm I'm telling you, and I'm gonna keep it real. The reason why I share this information, I have a double edge where I have a reason why I share this information because I I got a lot coming up. I got a lot that's going to be going on. And I'm preparing for the next level, um, the next level of things. And I just don't want foolishness. If you come to me, come correct. So, you know, um, DEU, we're, we're going into, I think, the 15th year, if I'm not mistaken, going into the 15th year. And um, I'm going to put out some... some uh, some content, but I'm also working on content. And while I'm working on this content, I'm going to be looking for people that really want to be involved, people that really want to work, people that are serious about their game. I don't have time to waste. And somebody that is really in the industry that really wants to do something shouldn't have time to waste either. So I don't mind sharing information that will not only help them if they're interested in my project, but will help them along if they're trying to maximize their career and move forward, you know, um, why not? It, you know, why not? Somebody gave it to me for free. And while they gave it to me for free and I took the time to try to capitalize on it as much as possible, it don't cost nothing just to share something with somebody that's going to help someone along. And I know people say, Oh, um, I'm not doing nothing else for free. It's a price on what I do from now on as far as giving information, as far as sharing and things like that. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, um, I've done some traveling. I've been around some people in the industry and they will sit and talk to you and give it to you for free. They're not offering like webinars and seminars and things like that, charging you to tell you about the industry. They'll do one of these things. They'll just pull your, your shirt to and be like, listen, you might not want to do that. You might want to do this. It costs nothing. It costs nothing. Like why, why charge people to give you advice on how to move forward in this industry? To me, that's just like, you already know that as they say, starving artists, starving artists, Starving director, like I don't know, people think that directors are just so rich, but we put all of our money into our projects, every single dime into our projects. So stop thinking that directors are rich. It's just that we we choose to put our money into our dreams and things like that. So it may look like that, but we ain't all rich and stuff like that. And you know, when I look at it and they talk about starving artists, it it's it's true. I'm a director, but I'm an artist. You know what I'm saying? You know, why if 
I learn something for free, should I turn around and charge somebody and tax somebody else on information that I got for free that helped me get to where I am now? And I still have people in my ear helping me to move even further. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And and don't get me wrong. I don't knock people's hustle as far as learning how to do something different. COVID is going on. And <clears throat> with COVID going on, a lot of people have begun new businesses and, and things like that. I'm all for it. You're an entrepreneur. Do your doggone thing. Not necessarily my avenue. I don't want to capitalize off of people that are hungry and really trying to make it because I'm still trying to make it in certain aspects. And when I was on stage and in front of cameras, you know, I wish somebody would have gave me the information that I have today because maybe, you know, my time would have been cut shorter as to where I would have been further along right now. Um, with um, being a filmmaker, screenwriter, and producer, director, or what have you. But um, it didn't happen. But listen, like and share this video so somebody else can get the information. If you're not an actor or director or writer or what have you, like, like share the information so that someone else can learn and get some tidbits on what they can do to further their career. Now, what I was saying I don't want to get too far off of the topic. I was talking about not turning down opportunities. If you have an opportunity to be on a film set, even if it's an extra, take that opportunity. Now, I'm going to give you another tidbit. There is a casting director slash, well, I'm going to say actor first slash casting director that is absolutely phenomenal with I can X, um, Nakia Dillard, very good friend of mine that is one of my friends. And he is always posting stuff about roles that, um, that are out there and also for extras. And he has classes for acting and gets people in prominent, prominent productions, film productions, um, I think Concrete Cowboy is coming out that he was just a part of. He was in Black Lightning, like quite a few different things. So it's not just somebody telling you to come into acting class and telling you, okay, breathe, breathe and do this and do that. That has nothing to do, nothing to do with acting. You want to be with a casting company and shout out to Hearing Casting for giving so many opportunities for so many people in the tri-state area. Um, and he's affiliated with hearing casting. So I'm just saying to you, better do your homework and maximize your opportunities in getting on set, even if it's a personal assistant. And if you go on film.org, if you go on film.org, there's always, now you have to be selective, do your research. I'm not telling you to take every opportunity, but if you go on film.org, film.org has a list of different um, projects and what they need for different projects. You could be a personal assistant. You can work, like I said, you can work in an arts department. You can um, hold a boom. Somebody will teach you 
how you hold the boom. And people say, oh, it's, it's just a mic. Uh, no, it's not. Depending on where you place that boom, it affects the sound of the film. Trust me. You hold that boom too close, it's distorted. You hold it too far, and it's closer to one actor than the other, then the whole conversation is distorted. It's a lot. It's a lot that goes on with everything that goes on the film set. So don't discount anything um, when it comes to film. The whole thing is getting you on the set and getting in a project that you could add to your resume. If it's union, awesome. If it's not union, it's okay too. But you could add it. I'm just saying, listen, you can add it to your resume. Now, some people, I'm, I'm giving y'all the juice, okay? I'm giving y'all the juice, okay? Some people say, oh, I'm only doing union. First of all, <laughs> you could possibly only do union. Because I know you're trying to get get union, but the quiet part of that, and I'm giving I'm getting ready to give y'all a jewel. Part of that is you have to do your research on the projects that you are a part of. And I'm sorry, I am talking to both of you. You have to do your research on the projects that you are part of. Now, I'm oh my god, I'm giving so much juice. So this is the thing. You can become SAG eligible working on certain projects. Okay? That's one. It does not have to be a union per se project. If it is under SAG after and a certain budget level and you have a speaking role and is entered on IMDB as you having a lead speaking role in this production and it's under SAG after under a certain budget, it makes you SAG eligible. Does not mean necessarily that it's, uh, if it's under SAG after it's considered a union project. I'm gonna say that if it's under SAG after it is considered a union project. So, if you have three, and I'm going to break it down to you all, three speaking IMDb roles that's under a certain budget with sag after it makes you union eligible, okay? Which means you don't have to pay for your union membership. So when some people say, say, Oh, if I I don't want to do it if it's not union, da, 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 da. like you're knocking yourself out of the box. You're knocking yourself out of the box. Do your research. Find out what the project is. They have right now with COVID, they have these micro budgets. Yes, listen, Ray. I'm I'm telling y'all. I'm, I'm trying to give people as much information as possible. That's what I'm trying to do with my show. It's about the industry. It's about inspiration. It's about keeping it 100. What, now, what would, what would I gain by not sharing this information with people? You know what I mean? Why not share the information? 
And if you're going to get somewhere with it, get somewhere. And if you're able to capitalize on it, then capitalize on it. So backtracking to what I was saying, the bottom line is this, you know, you have to do your research and you can do your research and <clears throat> you can find out what the budget levels are. For instance, they have many, because of COVID right now, they have some projects that are under micro, um, what is it, micro budget, but there's certain stipulations and information within that micro budget that may or and I'm do your research, go on a website, sagafter.com, that may or may not give you eligibility for your union status. And then you have some films that are indie that are ultra low budget that may or may not give you union status. I'm gonna give you some information, but I'm gonna make you work. I'm gonna make you work. Go to their website and do your research, do your homework and get smart about your career. Some people keep talking about, oh, I'm not doing this unless I get paid. I'm not doing that unless I get paid. Like you're going to have a short-lived career of getting paid, but you're not going to have longevity in the industry because on certain levels, you can't come on set demanding bank. I'm, I'm just saying you can't come on certain sets demanding bank Like you just can't do that across the board. There are some people that do have prestige and they do have a following. They're good at what they do, but I'm just letting you know, they may be good at what they do in Philly, New Jersey, and Delaware. But don't nobody know him in LA. Don't nobody know him in ATL. You can't get on a bus or a plane and go to ATL and be like, oh yeah, I did this in Philly. I did that in Philly. So yeah, I'm not doing your project unless you give me this, unless you give me that. They just gonna turn away and find somebody else. Stop knocking yourselves out of the box like coming up with this this demand salary. Now, if you want to remain in your same circles <clears throat> and keep working with the same exact people that keep propping you up and want to give you a couple of dollars to be their director or their, their writer or their creative assistant or what have you, and you only staying in Philly doing their little Philly projects or traveling with them here and there, and they're giving you a couple of dollars for doing it. If that's as far as you want your career to go, then go ahead, make your demands. But if you really, really are looking to extend your career and if you really, really want to go somewhere, you have to humble yourself. And a lot of times when you humble yourself and you respectfully show your talent, they will want to pay you. Okay? They will want to pay you to be on their project. Just understand when it comes to being on different projects, you have to humble yourself, period. I'm a director, writer, producer. I've been doing this for a minute, but I'm humble. And when I go different places and I'm involved in different things, I am a sponge. I am listening. I am not talking. I'm not telling people what I want. I know I've done a lot, but I'm not telling people what I want. I'm not telling people I need this and I deserve this and I deserve that. You, you should always be a sponge and soak up information 
have your ears open, be a, a listener, not a talker in the room. And you trust me. My father always said to me, if you are a listener in the room, you will learn so much more than being a talker because while you're in the room, you will see the loud one that just can't be quiet. Um, that wants to be in every industry person's face and want to talk and oh yeah, I saw you in this and I saw you in that and opposed to actually just having a, a conversation that may possibly lead them to working with that person. You just don't know. You know what I'm saying? So um, for those of you that talk about you don't want to work with nobody unless you get paid, I'm just going to say like, unless you are nationally known and you are act absolutely on the radar as far as Lionsgate Entertainment or, um, you know, listen, I can, I can name quite a few um, entertainment companies. Unless you're on that level, stop knocking yourself out of the box talking about you ain't getting paid unless, you know, um, stop knocking yourself out of the box and saying that you're not doing anything unless you're getting paid. I, I've had people come to me like that. <laughs> yeah, I've had people come to me like that. And yeah, like, I'm going to say this. I'm not saying that I won't. I am not saying that I won't. Hey, yeah, networking is everything. I'm not saying that I won't pay an actor. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is stop going on sets demanding certain royalties that you for real, for real, haven't really earned yet. Like if I can go to IMDB and, and bam, 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 bam. Yo, all right. Okay. I, I, I see that. But if you only brazen stages in, in, in Philly, Jersey, and Delaware, and occasionally here and there, stop going to, to directors and casting directors demanding top dollar. Unless you are nationally known, nationally known, and you got a full IMDB page, or you are doing interviews, like on the view and, and something like that like come on stop stop cutting your own neck when it comes to your career and especially if you are a damn good actor or actress stop cutting your own neck don't put it out there that you ain't doing anything unless you get in money what you do is you sell yourself and say i give quality work those kind of conversations as far as money and things like that, those are the kind of conversations that you have directly with a, a director or um, a, a, a casting director on the back end. That's not something that you go on social media and put out there. You don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. You, you're hurting yourself when you do things like that. And I've seen, Directors do it. I've seen writers do it. I've seen actors and actresses do it. Stop. 
Stop shutting down your career because the thing is, when you do stuff like that and you put it on social media, you come off boisterous, you come off arrogant, you come off as, oh, I'm the ish. And nobody really, for real, for real, wants to hire I'm the ish. Um, I'm just being real with you because you appear, and I'm just going to tell you, you appear difficult to work with from the door before you even get the audition. These days, when it comes to the industry, social media is an easy way to get hired, but it's an easy way to get fired. Um, putting on your Instagram and your Facebook page, what you're not going to do in the industry will keep you out the industry. I'm, I'm just saying, um, take it down, take it down, humble yourself, recognize that there are opportunities out there and save that conversation, save that conversation that uh, about income with the person that's going to hire you, save that for a one-on-one, don't put it out there everywhere that you're worth so much and that you're not going to do this and you're not going to do that. You're, you're cutting yourself short. So I'm going to backtrack and go back to what I was talking about before. And I'm going to talk about as far as, um, union and non-union. Um, sometimes, sometimes you get hired on set with a, a, a project that will make you eligible Well, yes, you're, you're, Ray, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Building up your character is so important. Like I I said, my father told me years ago, a couple of, well, of course he gave me a lot of gems, but he said to me, one, everybody don't have to know what you're thinking, which is piggybacks on what I was just saying just now, as far as telling people, you're not going to do nothing unless you get paid anymore. You don't have to announce that. You could just decline respectfully. You can decline respectfully so everybody don't know have have to know what's what's going on in your mind. You don't have to tell everybody what you're thinking. All all it is is a simple question. Like, hey, I was just wondering, is this this a a paid project or is this a not-for-profit project? Okay, well, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to do the project. And that's a respectful way to decline. But posting stuff all on social media, like, you don't see A-list stars or B-list stars posting, talking about, I ain't doing nothing unless I get paid. Like, what? Like, those are the kind of conversations that you have behind the scenes. You don't have them in front of the scenes. But he told me, everybody don't have to know what you're thinking. Not necessarily be the quiet one in the room, but don't do all the talking in the room. Let other people talk and be a great listener and um, be a sponge and soak up information. If somebody's trying to give you a tidbit or insider, you know, you take it for what it is and you listen and you play it back to yourself. Um, always have positive conversations when you're in a networking room. Never communicate any negativity about anybody that's in the room whatsoever whatsoever. You don't know who is who. 
and you don't know who knows who because I'm just going to tell you, looking at my Facebook page, there's quite a few times that I went to like something and somebody that I know that I didn't know, know that person, knows that person and liked it also. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know that they knew them. Like, okay, so small world. You do not go into a networking, regardless of what that person says, you do not go into a networking situation or any industry situation and share any negativity whatsoever about anybody. If somebody else mentions something negative, you just like, mm, and you keep it moving. And first of all, walk away from that person because that's a negative force. That's a negative force. And if you are trying to further your career, like you said, Ray, if you are trying to further your career, you do not entertain. You do not entertain negative conversations in your space about anybody. If anything, if you hear the negativity, you just be like, mm, and you keep it moving. But you know, this is a person that you do not want to be in the space of oh wow nigeria all right welcome welcome godfrey i appreciate you tuning in from nigeria i got it in my blood ah yes so and some of y'all don't know but i do um but i'm going to say to you all you know this is diva gordon with the diva show I am on Sador Radio. I come on every Thursday, every second and fourth Thursday from 2 p.m. until 4 p.m. I'm going to have a special guest on my show um, the second Thursday in February. But, you know, I want to come to y'all and give y'all as much information as I can. My show is about the industry information and keeping it 100. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to keep it 100 with y'all and give you as much information as I possibly can. What's the point of me holding it on to myself? I give it to my cast members, my staff, everybody. And I'm, I'm going to say it again. Take the time when you see a post for extras. Take the time to like, like, like check it out and see what it's about. And I'm going to reiterate what I said earlier when I was talking um, about Kyson A. Martin. Kyson A. Martin is my co-director witness. I met Kyson years ago because I was looking for an extra and Ty Birch said, let me give my buddy a call. And I said, okay. And he called Kyson and Kyson came on my set of Faces of Life as an extra. And then he, he worked with a speaking role in Faces of Life. And then he moved on to working with me in theater as well. And not only did he play a role in one of my theater productions, Dirty Laundry, he then went on to have a lead role in um, Lord I Pray. After having a lead role in Lord I Pray, he became my assistant director in Have You Seen Her? And now he is my co-director in witness. So stop discounting being extras, especially in some of these major movies that be coming to Philadelphia. People are like, oh, I'm not going down there. I'm not going to be no extra. You just don't know where certain opportunities are going to lead you. Um, but not only is Kyson a, um, 
co-director with Witness. He is also assistant director with Philadelphia that's going to be coming to Philly and doing a doggone thing as well. So you can check him out on my page, Kyson A. Martin, and he is on Instagram, um, Kyson. Yeah, I know him. I think that's that's his, that's what it says. Oh, yeah, I know him. That's his funny uh, Instagram uh, page name. But anyway, Kyson A. Martin doing a doggone thing. I, I so appreciate him. But the reason why I'm talking about him to this capacity is because so many people say I'm not going on set to be an extra on no film set because I've done lead roles and speaking roles and things like that. But you just never know where it's going to lead you. I was a personal assistant on Brotherly Love. I was in the arts department on Brotherly Love. And <clears throat> I learned so much. You just don't know what you're going to learn and where it's going to take you. Because I learned so much on set. Shout out to Brian Kuba, um, 007. That's why I call him 007. I truly appreciate you for giving me so many gems when I was on set. And some of those long days and uh, long nights being on set really um, are appreciated because it, it taught me a whole lot. And it did teach me how to be humble, people. It really taught me how to be humble. Um, so <clears throat> just to reiterate some things, people, bottom line is if you want to make it in this industry, you have to become humble. You have to stay focused on your, your craft. Just as Ray says, you have to stay focused on your craft. You also have to do research. Don't turn down an opportunity that could put you in place. You just don't know. You could be hired to do a documentary that, because a lot of people discount documentaries. You could be hired to do a documentary that could take your career through the roof. You just don't, you just don't know. It, it, it all depends on you. It depends on the energy that you put out. Um, for, for my writers and my directors out there, I need you all to do more research to figure out how to pitch your ideas. It's very important because many of you, shout out to Ontario, um, Kim Wilson, many of you have a lot of content, um, that needs to be out there. Um, do your research on pitching so you know how to pitch to a um, a major network and producer um, so that you can go further than where you are. Shout out to Eli and Lou, um, the twins. They are always doing their thing just as well as Ontario. I'm just giving everybody props because I'm thinking about everybody that um, is doing the doggone things. And those are my women. Shout out women. Shout out to uh, Mark Five, who is the owner and the director of Sador Radio, who has intertwined that is coming up. <clears throat> and everything is kind of like put on pause with like COVID and everything. Um, shout out to Yolanda Johnson, who has uh, Finding Elijah, who has won multiple, multiple awards for Finding Elijah, the film. And she has a film project that she's currently working on. And Yolanda, as I call her lovingly, Lonnie has shared a lot of tidbits um, with me because um, Lonnie does 
a lot of pitching and she's involved in quite a quite a few things that I haven't even been able to touch the rim of um, just yet. So you just never know um, where you could take your career without, you know, researching, do, do your homework. And I listen, you can Google almost anything these days. Like seriously, you can Google almost anything. Be diligent about your career, stay focused. And I like many of you, I do have a nine to five and I have a nine to five because I want to base in the certain things I'm trying to do. And some say, Oh, you're not a real filmmaker. If you're not doing it a hundred percent, don't believe the hype. Um, you're a real person. If you focus on making sure that you eat. Okay. So I'm <laughs> what? So, um, I'm, I'm just putting that out there, but shout out to all of my filmmaker screenwriters Playwrights, shout out to Darrell Lawrence. He's doing his all going thing and he got some filming going on as well. I believe he has the three OGs that's going to be coming up um, as far as a, 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 a film is concerned. And I know I read the book and the book was awesome. So look out for that project with him. And if I forgot to shout out anybody, oh, uh, wait, wait, wait. D. Richardson Productions. Shout out to him. Listen, oh my gosh, Darnell, you are like, I'm just going to say, doing the doggone thing, your entrepreneurship and your your push, your drive is just phenomenal. Like you're going from Philly to Florida to ATL, like opening, you know, his entertainment company all over is just absolutely crazy. Oh, you're welcome, Lonnie. I love you. Um, absolutely crazy, you know, um, how he has expanded his company. And that's why I said, I just want to shout out everybody that's doing a doggone thing and pushing the envelope, learn how to promote yourself, um, learn how to pitch yourself. Even when it comes to, it may not be pitching your project to a network. It may be just communicating with a constituent that is also a director because I'm looking, let me put it out there, I am looking to collab. And when I say I'm looking to collab, I am looking to develop a team of writers for a specific project. Um, this project is called Lindsay's Lesson. It's a very broad, broad project and I wanna try to bring it in. Um, so I'll be reaching out to some people but when I say pitching, when you're talking to another director and or another writer and you're bringing them on, you're still pitching. If you're bringing them on your project because you're trying to make your project inviting to them, you're trying to entice them to want to work with you. So you're still pitching. So you still need to learn how to do that. Um, I'm still like, and yeah, Lonnie, I'm still in the like beginning stages. I kind of know what I'm doing, but I still need to do a little more research and work it out, but I'm going to work it out. Um, but for the most part, when you, when you have projects and you're trying to bring people onto your, your projects, you're still pitching. So you still need to do your homework. You still need to, I'm sorry, I got to stop right there because I'm saying you're still pitching. Da, da, da. Some of you need to go back and reread your scripts for your theater projects, for your film projects, 
reread them, figure out how you can revamp them because we don't know how long COVID is going to go on. Talking about this vaccine, everything is going to be better. A lot of people are not taking it. Some people are taking it. I'm not going to get into to the details of all of that. I just don't want to do that. Um, however, what I'm saying is while you have the time and many of us are still home, some things are open, some things are not. But while you're still home, take the time to figure out how you can. And sometimes it might take rewriting, but figure out how you can tell that story a different way. Um, streaming. Um, I talked about anime before. Uh, I know there are certain stipulations that you have to go by as far as filming on set and the testing and so forth and so on. So there are certain things that you might be able to do. And I, I, I give so much information. There's certain things you might be able to do with two or three people on set. You might be able to do like a short or something like that, or you might be able to do an animation. You never know. You might be able to tell your story a different way and still get content out there. So don't just sit back and say, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. Don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do and figure out how you can revamp your work and how you can get some content out there out there so you can remain relevant and and that's what it's about it's very difficult now i mean even sundance even 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 sundance has figured out and i wasn't sure how they were going to do it but sundance even took the time to figure out how to do some things different because we're used to being at the theaters we're used to being in utah with the snow and I mean, it's lovely, and I appreciate the atmosphere. I always did love the atmosphere out there, um, the, and so forth and so on. I, I love nature and ambiance. I'm a grass and trees chick, so um, they figured out how to do things virtually. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's it's all about how important your career is to you, um, when you realize where your level of importance is, either you're gonna stop wasting time or you're gonna give it up. But I'm, I'm just gonna let you know, teeter-tottering with it leaves it mediocre. And, and when your work shows, it shows mediocre. So you have to figure out what's important to you as far as your work is concerned. You have to figure out what the kind of energy you're gonna put into your work um, and what what you're going to do with it, whether it's going to be a hobby or whether it's going to be a straight, full-fledged career. But like I'm, I'm going to say to you, like I said to you before, bottom line is some people say, oh, you're not a real filmmaker if you're not doing it 100%. But realistically, I look at the fact that I still have to live and certain things that I still want to do as a parent, um, as a responsible person. So um, I, I'm, I'm going to say, well, I'm not going to say that I won't be taking a leap in a certain direction because I, I plan on taking a leap in a certain direction, um, very soon. Um, someone that's very close to me scolded me about not taking up one, an opportunity that I had 
And I'll share the opportunity. I, I did have an opportunity to just jump and move to LA to be a part of something major. But I'm just going to tell y'all, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I knew I wasn't ready. Now, that that's just my thought. That could have been just me shutting my own stuff down. I don't know. But if that opportunity, which is, is kind of still there, um, if that particular opportunity arises again, I may take it. But I know there's another opportunity that I may be partaking in and just jumping out the box and just taking a chance. I tell you all, all the time, take a chance. Don't second guess yourself. Just jump outside the box. So we'll see. I'll leave that announcement for a later date, but we'll see if, if I take on this opportunity and jump outside the box. And next thing you know, I'm like riding down the street with my uh, suitcases and stuff like that in the trunk. Like I'm really doing this, but uh, I'll save that for